We meet today in the community of Iowa City, which now occupies the homelands of Native American nations to whom we owe our commitment and dedication. The area of Iowa City was within the homelands of the Iowa, Meskwaki, and Sauk. And because history is complex and time goes far back beyond memory, we also acknowledge the ancient connections of many other indigenous peoples here. The history of broken treaties and forced removal that dispossessed indigenous peoples of their homelands was and is an act of colonization and genocide that we cannot erase. We implore the Iowa City community to commit to understanding and addressing these injustices as we work toward equity, restoration, and reparations. All right. Um, is there any discussion that we want to have on that? Um, okay, so I wanted to make a motion for the next um, agenda item to approve the meeting minutes from September 2nd. And can we do it all in one motion? Yes. Mm -hmm. From September 2nd and September 16th. Rivera, second. Any discussion on that, guys? Good. Staff. Commissioner Ali? Yes. Commissioner Daniel? Yes. Dillard? Yes. Commissioner Gathua? Yes. Commissioner Johnson? Yes. Commissioner Harris? Yes. Commissioner Rivera? Yes. Commissioner Traore? Yes. <clears throat> All right. The next um, agenda item is uh, the motion to considering a motion to hold meetings the first and third Thursdays of each month. Um, and I remember a couple meetings ago when we spoke about this, um, it was just that we didn't do it this month because there was an, a weird number of Thursdays. I can't remember if that's exactly three. Yeah, there's three Thursdays. Um, and then we had, we had spoken about, uh, starting that in October. Um, is that still the same? Does everyone still feel the same way? Is there, um, anyone who, feels like that might not be the best. Question for staff. Does, um, logistically, does it matter between first and third um, or second and fourth? Um, so uh, the second Thursday of each month, historic preservation meets in the same space. And sometimes their meetings run until 7, 7.30. So it would just be, a, you know, I couldn't really guarantee a seven o'clock start time for that second Thursday. There's sort of no choice. A choice, less choice. I'm sorry? Sort of no choice. Or would have to change the venue? No, I think I can probably work with the staff to the historic preservation to see if they can probably uh, locate a different space to meet. I believe they're a little smaller group. But, um, but if the first and third works for everyone, then we could just do that too. And that means meeting next Thursday. Yeah, that would mean meeting next or starting next week. <clears throat> I'm totally fine for that. I just, I, I want to hear where you guys are at about this meeting next week and stuff. I agree. I, I would like to do it. I think it's a good idea. I'm fine either way since when I joined the committee, I volunteered. I mean, I blocked those days unless even emergency took place. So I will be okay. 
generally speaking, it doesn't matter to me. I think first and third is a better idea compared to second and fourth based on what Steph told us. I won't be able to make the next meeting though. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with it. Okay, um, then is it okay if I make the motion? All right, perfect. Um, so I'm gonna make the motion that we, uh, starting next week, move to the first and third Thursdays of each month. A second. I second. <laughs> Commissioner Ali? Yes. Commissioner Daniel? Yes. Uh, Commissioner Dillard? Yes. Commissioner Gathua? Yes. Commissioner Johnson? Yes. Commissioner Harris? Yes. Commissioner Nobis? Yes. Commissioner Rivera? Yes. And Commissioner Traore? Yes. Okay. Motion passes 9 0. Um, okay, the next uh, item, item number six, is the discussion on the city council vote on facilitator agreement and next steps. Um, before we start having our discussion, um, we do have members of the public here and on Zoom. Um, so I want to open it up to the floor uh, to those members um, before we start our discussion. Okay, well, um, is there someone raising their hand? Oh, Mohammed, it's Mo. Yeah, he, he can unmute him. Um, yeah, I kind of just want to start out saying um, it's a lot that can be said about this, but kind of had a lot of those conversations already. And uh, the idea of kind of behind this agenda item is just to quickly get some more of that clarity uh, get some questions together in order to send to city council as they do meet next Tuesday so that we are ready for whatever it is uh, we need to do next. Um, the way it was kind of conveyed to me based on my conversations with council is we should be looking to just get a list of questions to send forward to them as in terms of uh, what kind of clarity we're looking for on a facilitator agreement. So some things I was really thinking about were one is the last facilitator agreement just cut and dry as in it's disqualified or are they supposed to, you know, um, apply again? Ed, can or, I just, can I have you pause just for just a second, just cause there's commotion in here just a little bit while we're getting people seated. Okay. Do we... Do we want to open public comment back up in case anyone? Okay. Vice Chair, I propose that um, we'd open up to public comment now again, and then maybe one more time at the conclusion of our comments, um, okay. just in case that spurs anyone else's discussion. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, so I know the people that just walked in don't have um, the copies of the agenda. Um, currently, we're discussing uh, city council's vote on the facilitator agreement and our next steps. Um, and I'm opening up the floor to you guys if you guys have any comments about that before we start discussing again. Oh. 
Okay. I, I appreciate you pausing, uh, Mohammed. You can continue. No problem. Um, yeah, the questions I just essentially had were, um, was the last facilitator agreement disqualified? Um, are they supposed to look to apply again? And when it comes to the RFP process, is this something that we ourselves should be looking to redo? Or is council preferring to draft something themselves? Uh, really, whatever way it goes, just wanting that concrete, clear answer. And in terms of our next steps, however we'd like to go about it from there is on the commission to decide uh, at this moment, I believe, just because we were what not given clarity. Essentially, the last meeting ended, uh, well, the council meeting ended with council voting to not accept the agreement. However, there was zero follow-up in terms of what we are to do from there in terms of the actual facilitator agreement if it uh, was denied or just voted down. So I don't know if they're allowed to apply again, if their application is still valid and it just, the whole process just needs to be reopened and looking for more, more local people, just a lot of gray area in there. So the facilitator side kind of just in limbo. I do know in the meantime, uh, some of us have been speaking to people in the community that seem to be interested in applying for such a position. So the clarity is just important in knowing um, if an RFP needs to be redrafted in to disqualify anyone that isn't local or not. And that's kind of just where we're at on that. Um. I think those are all really good and valid questions. Um, and for clarification purposes, Steph, is there agenda already posted um, for the next council meeting? Yeah, it got posted this afternoon. It got posted this afternoon. Do you know if they're having any discussion on things regarding the TRC on that agenda? No. Okay. No, um, they don't have? Correct. Okay, thank you. Like Commissioner Daniel has her hand raised. Oh, thank um, you. Oh. Yep. Can Can you hear me? Yes. 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 Okay. Um, so I, I don't. What's I, I don't know if it's any good to get clarification on the facilitator until we get flip, until we get clarification on our timeline. If they're not going to give us more time, then what what can a facilitator do at this point um, when it takes maybe a month, maybe two to actually get a facilitator? What are they going to be able to do for us? How, how is that going to help us reach our mission if we have like four or five months? Well, no, it would be like six, six months to do everything, six or seven months. That's, that's just a question. Yeah, and I think that we had all had those questions kind of in our head before, and we were, um, for lack of a better term, I don't want to say banking on our facilitator helping us um, have that discussion with council, um, and that's kind of why we didn't um, propose that. 
Um, and I do, I think I remember Steph saying she felt like they would be open to extending it just because of everything that has um, transpired since the commission was formed a year ago. Um, but I agree that's something that we should probably address with the council before um, we go and do like all of the RFP or figure all of that out is let's figure out if we have time um, and if they're not going to um, give us more time, then I, I don't know that we'd be able to get solid, a lot of solid work done in the time frame that we currently have. Well, if the goal, if the goal is to hobble us as much as possible, or if the goal is to make sure that we do, we don't do enough so that there's uh, a, a redo, a second redo of the TRC. I don't think, I don't think council has, we have the votes of support to get us the, facil the facilitator. So it's, it's a matter of, I think, being just honest with council and saying, are you going to give us a deadline? Yes or no. And if they say no, then we know, okay, then this is not in good faith. We're wasting our time and we could be spending our time doing good elsewhere. Um, I don't, I don't have a personal interest in seeing this thing beat to death. Like we're not, we're not begging to do this type of work um, where we listen to the representatives of the community and the city council's the community. And so if they're not going to stand behind us, what is the point of getting a facilitator? And, um, I'll go <clears throat> really quick. I'm glad we got the right audience in here today so they can hear the frustrations that we're going through. So glad we got you guys here. I will welcome you guys here anytime, but I'm glad you guys are here tonight so you can hear about this. We should have the right to pick our own facilitator. Our facilitator is not going to be handpicked by a handful of people. Um, our facilitator is going to be picked by this commission. Our facilitator also is not going to be a person that that has to be a local person, a person that understands TRCs is what's important to me personally. And it might be more important to other people on this commission. The people locally, we felt that they were not qualified enough. So we went outside of locally because we wanted people who had experience with something Iowa City doesn't have experience with is TRCs. So are we gonna continue to be handcuffed and then our mandate just runs out? or just kind of wait us out until we don't have a mandate anymore and start over with, you know, start over and go through the same process. We should have a chance to do our work. We have not had a chance to do our work, whether it is not being able to get a facilitator, having to remove disruptive members from the TRC. We have not had a chance to do our work. And the part about disruptive members from the TRC being removed I think that's not called out enough. That that slowed us down by a good at least six months. And the disruptive the, the disruptive people are elected officials, which is none of you guys in this room. So don't take offense to that. But we've been slowed down long enough. We want to get work done, and and uh, like some of the work that that we want to get done, you, uh, you may see it on display tonight. With that, I yield. This is Commissioner Dillard. I just want to um, 
address the question that you asked, um, Commissioner Daniels, um, what is the point? And I just want to say, I, I did hear your point of uh, the city council represents the community, but clearly that's not completely true because I think every one of us can name someone that disagrees with the decision that the city council has made. And I, for one, stand firm in my belief that there are people in this community the, that are not able to speak and while we have heard a lot from the loudest voices and everyone's voice is important, there's still people in this community that don't even know that we exist. And I would, I personally want to find them and give them the chance to tell their stories. So that's why I believe that there is a point to still working for this. It's Commissioner Johnson. Uh, I don't, I don't think this makes any sense at all for us not to look for any outside help. I do understand that we like to handle, we might want to handle things on a more local level personally. I understand that completely, but uh, if you have experts in a field, it, it we're, we're looking for unbiased opinion. We, we Sometimes the outside the box person might be able to really help fix something that has been a problem inside the box in the first place. I, it just doesn't make sense to me that we wouldn't reach out to anybody that would be willing to help us uh, become a better community. It just simply doesn't make sense. It's almost ice skating uphill completely. And I, I, I wholeheartedly agree with the rest of my uh, fellow commissioners who have uh, every, pretty much every point that they have made that we've had disruptions and setbacks and never had a chance to get the ball running. We need to be able to do the job that we came here to do. And the only way to do that is to get some serious help to get serious problems taken care of. Anything else is dismissive. Anything else is just brushing it under the carpet slowly but surely. That gets us nowhere fast. I really hope we're better than that. With that, I yield. This is Commissioner Gadua. There is something I'm struggling with uh, as far as our city council is concerned. They are the ones who are supposed to hire the facilitator. And that being said, they're the ones who put the advert out there. They're the ones who, they, they were aware all along about the job description. And I'm also putting our communities in Iowa City to their, the public. So it was out there, the process was public for everybody, including the city council. So the advert that there could be an outsider, the limits, I'm thinking it the boundaries of the USA, the US of A. Then the process went, they did approve after even the farm went through putting their proposal and their budget. The council approved. So I've been puzzling this and trying to understand because to me, it looked like the vote was fighting themselves, but probably thinking it's fighting TRC because we are all supposed to be on the same side. The communities, the city council, the TRC. We just happen to be the 
what do you call that? What word were we given? The contact point. As we were, and the whole point of this is some members of the community, and that's the witnessing. We are going to get the evidence from the people. That's what the TRC is supposed to do, that some members of this community are not able to drive. It's been said again and again uh, because of racial injustice. And what we are supposed to get by uh, our, the end of our mandate, our charge, is the evidence, the fact of this, that some members in our communities are not able to drive because of that. And a human being does need that so that they, or we can all drive because the ground is not level. A question I usually keep making public to the communities, even last year in one of the city council's listening posts, uh, as we move forward and even with the, the listening post and even the resolution that created this, the ad hoc TRC, uh, is the city and also, and is uh, I, the Iowa City Council and the people, are we, is this whole thing just a way that was supposed to diffuse the tension that was in our community because of the dead, the death of George Floyd, because he died because of racism, of forces in our communities, and even in the rest of the world that make people who look like this commission not drive. I asked directly that to the, to the mayor because he represented the council that time. Are we just checking a box and in the process, wasting some people, people's time and our own taxes? Is that what we are doing? I'm relating this to what Commissioner Daniel said. Is, is this how it's supposed to be? Just diffusing, but maintaining the status quo or making it even worse, the situation. So as I move forward, I don't even know what forward was because like Commissioner um, Ali said, we sat here two, was it two weeks ago? And I was like, because as we were, some of us were hesitant, Commissioner Harris, Commissioner Traore, and I said, we are floundering. We need clarity. So what comes first? The clarity or help of a facilitator to help us. And that was what was on the table because even the local consultancies or individuals, they were there, nobody, we, that's what we had on the table. So continue floundering or have what we had. You all know what happened. We went there, even that is, has been removed from the table. I'm trying to look into my toolbox on how to move forward. I am very, very sad 
I am usually a very optimistic person, but right now I am feeling the way I felt around 2010-2011, we sat at the public library, we were trying to look into our school district because it was the school district and it still is even today, very hostile to our students of color, especially black students. The, the deputy superintendent left the meeting in tears because his last words were the, the, that time as a human rights commissioner. And as we were talking about those issues with the superintendent's office, he left saying, Iowa City doesn't, the district doesn't seem to be ready for black students. It's still something that can be accessed because it's public. And the black students, of course, with their parents and their other holders, don't also seem to be ready for Iowa City. So I'm asking the same question. Iowa City has been home to me since 2002. I brought up my children here. It's still my home. Does it mean it's still not ready? The general one now, not just the school district. Is it not ready for people who look like me? People who are people of color or people who are other othernest? Or are we not ready for Iowa City? I know some who leave, who have left or who have been defeated or yeah, others who have. So I have that question. And seriously, I have no suggestion on how to move on. With that, I yield. And Commissioner Traore and Commissioner Daniel have had their hand up. Yeah, I was just, um, uh, Commissioner Daniel, do you wanna go first and then Commissioner Traore right after? Perfect. So uh, what Commissioner Gathaway uh, said um, kind of took me by surprise how, how much that touched me. Um, so at the, at the meeting with city council, a number of members of the community stood up and talked about how Kearns and West were from outside Iowa City. They weren't local. They don't know our community. They don't know the people. They don't know the issues. Um, and beyond just how fair our process was and how true to actual equality we were, as in everyone had a fair shot at submitting an RFP. And if you were too lazy to do so, then you didn't submit an RFP and you weren't considered. We weren't going behind anyone's back to get our friends um, better treatment or anything. Um, I, I, was, I, I was personally, I don't even wanna say personally offended because I feel like there are a lot of people in the Iowa community, Iowa City community who are not originally from Iowa. Um, and the idea that you have to apparently be in Iowa for 30 or 40 years to really get the community, um, really kind of showed me what we're dealing with. We're not just dealing with members of the community who are pushing back or people from a political ideology. 
we're fighting, we're, we're essentially coming up against people who have the sense of ownership in the community, not in the not in the good sense of ownership where you actually like go out and clean and volunteer. We're talking about people who feel like things need to be done our way. And if they are not involved in the commission, if the commission doesn't reflect what they think Iowa City looks like, then the commission isn't valid and it should be redone. And that's fine for them. But for me, I'm at the point, I don't consider Iowa City my home. I was getting, I was getting there, but after that uh, city council meeting, I don't consider Iowa City home. I probably never will because there is this inner kind of just scapegoating that goes on for anybody outside of Iowa City. And I want to apologize for Kearns, to Kearns and West because they took the time to talk to us and go through stuff and, and everything. And I, I'm, my frustration is at a point where I don't think it's necessarily giving up. I think it's throwing good time at, after bad. Um, and I'm really, I'm disappointed in some members of the community um, I'm disappointed in the mayor. I, we don't need a mayor who just does things because they need to do, they need, they need to settle things down. Forming a commission is not something you just decide to do. If anything, city council should have gotten the facilitator and gotten the guidance on how to create this commission. And it shouldn't have taken the murder of a black man and riots and civil unrest, which is what was happening in Iowa because there weren't really any riots in Iowa. Like, the civil unrest, that shouldn't have been the thing for the mayor to have a knee-jerk reaction to. He's a Black man living in Iowa. He's lived in Iowa enough to know the issues probably more than I do. And so if it took the murder of a Black man to, to, to spur this on without forethought, that shows poor leadership skills. And we're, we're not, we shouldn't be held responsible. And trust me, another Black person will get shot by police. We all know this is something that's going to happen again. And then what are they going to do? Create another another TRC? I'm just I'm just frustrated, um, and I yield. I this is Commissioner Johnson. I I wholeheartedly feel that, and I don't want that frustration to have us walk away. I want to say that clear as day. I think our Truth and Reconciliation Commission should exist indefinitely that's how i feel because there's always truth there's always something that needs to be said by somebody uh it, it it saddens me to hear every time that we're taking steps back it just does it's very upsetting because we we clearly have the heart end for our community no matter where we're from if we live here we are here we are part of this community and we need to take care of each other we keep with a constant do your own thing and survival to fit us. This is exactly how we got here in the first place to a certain letter and degree. It just doesn't make sense. So what I, I just wanted to piggyback off you with that. That's all. I agree wholeheartedly with that. Uh, you. Commissioner Traore. Um, I just want to start off with two questions. Um, Stephanie, uh, for one, is, is Jeff Fruin still there? Mm -hmm. yes. yes. Would I be able to ask him a question? Would he be able to respond or see? He... Yep. Yes. All right. Um, 
Jeff, uh, so quick question in terms of uh, when it comes to any of the um, funds that the TRC may need at this moment, if we were to request funds for uh, being able to distribute surveys or being able to print surveys or doing an online survey service, is that something that you believe the city would be able to clear funds for in short order, as in within the next week, or would that be a long process? Uh, I, I do think um, that we've indicated that uh, the smaller line items to support the ongoing commission activities, we can fund through um, our human rights budget. Um, you know, how quick those turn around. Uh, it's not always we turn around expenses in a week, but in fairly short order. Uh, the facilitator agreement's a little bit different. The council's expressed an interest in that. And so we would take, <clears throat> excuse me, any... Um, uh, any modification of a facilitator agreement back to council. But if you're looking at surveys or marketing, uh, special events, uh, uh, accommodations, we'll work with you at the staff level to accommodate you. All right. Um, so question, if by this time next week, the city is not able to provide funds for like an online survey service or printing out surveys, uh, if one of us were to you know, pay for that um, would be would be eligible for reimbursement. I think we just we just need to work with you on that. We'd have to have a good reason why we uh, couldn't turn that around in the required period of time. Um, we, we do reimbursements uh, for staff occasionally that have expenses, but uh, we, we try to avoid that and try to do the direct expenditures from the city budget. So. Um, best I can say is we'll work with you to try to understand what you're doing and we'll try to move as quickly as we can. Okay. Thank you. Uh, um, Dr. One question for you before we move on. Yes. How come you can never give us definitive answers? As long as we've been meeting with you about whether it's a different subject, whether it's this, every time we talk to you, it's never, we can do this. Maybe it worked. That's what your answers are all the time. I just want to know that. And you know, sure. I'm going to be the person that'd be frank sure. with you. At all I appreciate times. that, Eric. Um, the, the question at hand here was very general: was can we get can we get money for some surveys or some activities? So I have to respond in a general way, because I don't know exactly what those activities are. I don't know what type of dollar amount you're asking. Um, so I gave you the best answer I could. Uh, like I appreciate and, and I expressed that. my intent that we would try to work with you. I appreciate the answer, but um, one thing you should consider: we've been waiting long enough. So. Just consider that, and I appreciate your answer, and I hope you appreciate my comments because you should know. I don't understand the second comment. I'm sorry. We've been waiting long enough to get some type of approval to stuff that we can move forward with the charge that we have. Every time that we talk to you, it's been other council members that have gave me, even the mayor have gave us direct answers. Like, I, I don't want to do this. But every time we talk to you, it's not a direct answer. I, I, like, I know your answer depends on what council does. But, you know, he, he, he just he asked a question like within the next week or so. And you really didn't you said maybe maybe this will happen, maybe on occasion. Well, what is I'm, I'm not trying to be evasive. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to do the best I can to answer you your question. Um, so, uh, I, I just want to make I, my, question, my question more clear then. Um, yeah, do I'm that, talking do about that. an amount that's no more than $150. Yes, we can do that. OK. okay. Within okay. the next week. Well, that, it makes a lot of difference what we're talking about. Yeah, so there we go. And I, I don't know what, what history you're talking about, me being evasive. This is the first time well, it's not, it's that I've been before the TRC. It's but not I'm happy to get into the TRC. So, so we'll hear about that soon. But we, okay. we already know what other topics you've been very evasive on. So I, I'd like to hear more on that. Okay. Thank you. Um, Thank you. 
what I'd just like to say, so I've been speaking to a lot of people in community over the last week and um, a common theme repeatedly is that instead of continuing to wait on council in terms of what we want to do, if the fear again is the restarting or any of that stuff happening, we need to make this our own thing as soon as possible. So what I want to do personally is I want to create one online surveys be distributing all over all my social media pages. Two, I want to begin going to nonprofits between every meeting and bringing these surveys to them, telling them what I would like to see done in the commission. And I would like to ask if the rest of you can join me in doing the same. And a big piece of that as well for me is that I don't know how long I can keep doing this, but I know that as long as I am a part of it, I'm going to do anything I can to keep it going. So I just want to be honest with everyone on that. But when it comes to what I actually want to see in this commission is the same thing I said right before the pause when the city did vote to pause, that this commission is not going to be decided by the council. It's going to be decided by the people. So with that, we have to bring as many people to the table as possible. Whether it's surveys, whether it's going to their meetings, whatever it is, we have to. I'm, I'm not willing to wait anymore for them to just do their biweekly meeting, whatever it is, vote against this and that and keep stifling things. Uh, no, Eduardo Gonzalez did email us, say that he has a group ready to provide guidance as needed without cost. And that's something we can leverage. We do have people in the community willing to help that a lot of us have been speaking to. So we just got to get all of that together and really just focus on it and just make sure that we're coming into these meetings knowing that any one of them could be the last one. So to preempt that, got to make sure we have as many people on board as possible because it's a lot harder to stop us if we have a lot of people behind us than it is if it's just a few people at some meetings or if, it's just, or if it's just a few of us speaking for ourselves at a council meeting and larger groups speaking against us, where there's people there's power at the end of the day. So we got to plot, we got to plan, we got to strategize, we got to organize. Like we, we have to get this on the road. Any of these meetings could be the last. That I you. Um, I just, I want to make a comment really quick. Um, so, uh, I like the sentiment and I agree, um, that we should kind of move this along. Um, I think that sometimes when we get to talking about things, I think we also lose, um, track of what the truth and reckon, and this kind of goes into like the next um, agenda item. So I can't get, I don't want to get too deep, but I, I think that people, um, some of us and people in the public don't realize or forget to realize sometimes is that, um, our job is to just listen to people's truths and compile them in a, like a, a place 
And um, then after that, start working on suggestions to the community. And I just, I want to keep reiterating that and not let that get lost because I think our main goal, and while we do need to reach out to the community and, you know, these surveys and things, but at the end of the day, we need to be listening to stories of those who are, um, who have been, you know, victims of injustices due to um, their circumstances or their, um, the color of their skin, especially in this area. Um, so I, I think the survey idea is a good idea, um, but I think that I, I don't, I think that we need to like plan to actually have a truth holding event and actually do that. Um, and I would, and I think that it's not like we have to do one or the other. I would be more than happy to help plan an event. And if you wanted to take on like making that survey um, and getting it sent out, you know, it would be pretty, it would be pretty easy to send it out. You know, we have a lot of people who have connections within this commission. Um, but I, I really, really think that we need to start listening to people in the community. Um, we need to start bringing those voices um, out and um, whether it's us going one-on-one -on -one and taking a video with our iPhone and then sending it to Steph, I think that needs, we need to get on that. Um, and that is all I have. So I will yield. Yeah. And I'm going to say that, and I'm going to say something really quickly. So before we move on, um, you know, the regular bickering and stuff that goes back and forth about this issue, you know, it just happens, but seriously, we want to do what we are here to do. And if we have to move on and do what we have to do without the city of Iowa city, because they, you know, we can't get any agreement or we're going to do it. That's the choice that we pretty much made that we're going to start, get the troops out. This is what, that, that is the first word in this commission. We haven't been able to do that because of all the raggling and, and, you know, I don't want to go back and forward people. I want to go and start doing what we're supposed to be here to do. And we're going to move forward with the way out, whoever they, you know, that's the step. I'm a yield. Commissioner Gadua, I'm not uh, um, Commissioner Ali and um, Chair Traore. Uh, you are on the same point when you talk about surveys. I'm assuming the surveys would be surveying part of the fact finding. And it's not that we have been wasting time or like we have not been doing something as far as our charge is concerned. And even the, but uh, uh, from what you've been saying, Commissioner Harris and Commissioner Traore, we really cannot say we will just do our work with or without the city council. We can't, we are a commission for the city, under the city. So, yeah, but uh, so that one is is part of this. So it's working within that. And what we have been trying to do so far is get a framework to collect facts and for truth finding and getting the evidence so that we can compile. 
and that is one of the areas where we were needing a facilitator. And I remember I have publicly asked because we are a commission that does not have the mechanism to work with from the city other than the staff that we usually have, Stephanie. And we also had Teresa with the process of working on procuring a facilitator. So even as we say we need to get on, and even as we get punched, uh, for me, I take it as if it's a, so we are a soft punching bag for, uh, I still am not of the feeling that this is just a, just a, what would you call it? Just to show that something is being done, but it is not. But I want, I dare to think in the history of Iowa City that this is not, is different and it's not still a way of maintaining the status quo of racial injustice for those who benefit from the status at the expense of other human beings. That being said, we are still back to floundering on the framework. We were getting a facilitator to help us get out of the starkness of the framework to do, to carry out our charge. And I think with that, I am kind of creeping onto our agenda number seven. So I will yield and as. Perfect. Um, before I open it up again for public comment one more time, since we've had discussion, um, I want to, uh, leave this question for um, the commission members, because I do think that this last question is important and I just want everyone to think about it. Um, what can we do to heal the divide um, between this older generation of African-Americans within the community um, and us being you know, the younger generation um, I think that that's really important and we're clearly divided. Um, and I just think that uh, we should all really think about um, what that would look like or um, how that, how that would, how we would go about that. And I'm, I'll reach out to you guys individually um, next week, but um, yeah. So um, is there anyone that is on zoom or in person that wants to talk about our discussion or have any comments before we move on to the next agenda item? The only thing I say is maybe we should put that on the future agenda because yeah. that is a problem. We should put that on a future yeah. agenda for a future meeting because that's not on this one, but it's it's very relevant. Yeah. And I it should be that. talked about because it needs to be fixed. I don't want to talk too much, but Commissioner Ali, I want to respond to what you said about the division uh, in the black community. Historically, division. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say. Yeah, I don't say that for. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. put it on a different. Oh, maybe next yeah. Week, we I was gonna say next week. week. I I'm writing to okay. add this to okay. the agenda. Item. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. yeah, of course. Can add I add my comments, please. I just want. Oh. Um, I really appreciate um the strength of everyone's comments. Um, I hear a lot of um emotions ranging from um despondence and um, frustration and um, <laughs> some hopelessness, but there's also kernels of hope that I'm hearing in 
a lot of your conviction to, to continue doing this work despite repeatedly city council trying to steal the oxygen from the flames of this commission. Um, some of us have been doing this for nine months and um, I wanna reiterate that um, for the last several months, the only reason that we haven't been able to really move on with the charges of our work is because we've been trying to play the circus that city council is asking us very vaguely. And so when they say, no, you guys need to come up with this type of plan. And we say, but how? And they just like, figure it out. And we come up with a proposal and they say, that's not good enough. Here's another roadblock. Here's us moving the goalpost. I'm, I'm absolutely not interested in wasting any more time through those means. Um, I understand that we're appointed by the city and that ultimately our recommendations will go to them, but I don't think that this commission should be for the city. I think that we should be for the community. I um, was really upset um, on Tuesday night and Wednesday morning of last week. Um, and I was also on the verge of saying, you know what, I'm walking away from this. I can't do this anymore. Um, and then I called a lot of you, had a lot of really wonderful conversations with members of this commission and members of the community who reinvigorated my commitment to being on this commission. Um, what was very, very heavily impressed upon me is that um, everyone kind of said, you know what, no one would blame a single member of this commission from walking away, from giving up, right? And uh, for the most part, I think a lot of us are still really committed. And I think that's a wonderful reminder of the fact that we are members of the community that we're trying to lift up. And so we are part of the experts in this community that can really move this mandate and our charges forward. But we also have a lot of really wonderful connections. We have Eduardo in this group who are offering their services for free to give us guidance on truth commissions and how to do our work. We also have a lot of allies who have already reached out to us. Think back to our first couple of meetings when we had people come to our meetings over and over again saying, we want to help put us to work. We have members of the Fund Excluded Workers Co Coalition who have said, yeah, we're down for Anything you guys want, well, maybe not everything, but um, we, we, we want to be able to help, let us, right? And I, I think that specifically is a very, very important um, partnership that we need to maintain specifically because I know that we don't have any Latinx representation on this commission. Um, and so we really need to kind of play to both our strengths, but understand our weaknesses. And when we don't know what we're doing, we say, who can we ask for help? And there are people who can respond. There are people who are willing to do the work. I, I think that it's appropriate for us to propose motions such as asking city council to um, lengthen uh, or extend the timeline for our, for our commission, but I don't think that we should assume we're getting anything from them. I don't wanna waste any more time asking for their help because we have a lot of people who are willing to help us now. With that, I yield. Beautifully said. Um, thank you. Um, all right. So if any, uh, members of the public would like to discuss, uh, the council vote, 
um, now is your final opportunity to do so. All right, so um, now let's move on to agenda item number seven, uh, community comment on the TRC's charges including fact-finding and truth-telling um, before the commission has their discussion. Oh, yes, Mo? Which one we gotta do first? Um, I just wanna clarify um, kind of just like the intent behind the way that this agenda item was written. So this was written open-endedly on purpose. When it comes to the community comment on this, so fact-finding, truth-telling, Whatever you are wanting to speak about in terms of who you are in the community, I personally am not here to limit you in how long you speak on it, what exact topic you are coming in to speak on, fact-finding, truth-telling, here's your time, whatever you need to say, go ahead and say it. And that's why this, that's why this is written this way. For the rest of you in terms of the commissioners, if, if you agree, uh, that's how I'd like to do this. Um, Agreed. I agree. I only got one question. Um, since it's a agenda item, can we respond to what they say? So who goes first? Like, do we make our comments? Yeah, we are allowed to respond to Okay, what well, I, look, I think the public should go first yeah. for what they want yeah. to say. Yeah. That only makes sense, so. Any members of the public want to address this agenda item? Gotta use that one over there. I'm gonna transfer it. Hola, buenas noches. Mi nombre es Ninosca Campos. Hello, good evening. My name is Ninosca Campos. Soy organizadora de la Coalición de Trabajadores Excluidos del Estado de Iowa. I am one of the founders of the Coalition for uh, the Excluded Works Fund. Estamos aquí esta noche reintegrando el apoyo en su totalidad a la Comisión de la Verdad y la Reconciliación. We are here expressing our support for the Truth and Reconciliation Commission. Porque estas personas ya fueron esclavas de nuestros antepasados. Because these people have been enslaved by our ancestors. Y estamos en pleno siglo XXI, donde no tiene que haber discriminación ni injusticias. We are in the 21st century where there shouldn't be any discrimination or injustice. Todos somos una comunidad sin importar la raza ni la religión. We are all a community regardless of race or religion. Todos vivimos en la misma comunidad y todos ayudamos para que esta, comunica, que para que esta comunidad salga adelante sin importar el color. We are all part of this community and we all work together to make sure this community um, succeeds regardless of uh, your race. Y estamos apoyando para que estas personas también tengan una ayuda del gobierno federal. And we are fighting so that these people also have some type of help from the federal government. Y estoy aquí presente como, como organizadora de la coalición de trabajadores excluidos, reintegrando que cuentan con el total apoyo de nosotros. And I am here again with the Excluded Workers Coalition to um, reiterate our support for you guys. Gracias, buenas noches. Thank you, good evening. Thank you. 
Is there anyone else from the public who'd like to comment? All right, commissioners, um, I guess uh, I'll let Mo start the conversation on this if you'd like to take. I want to ask as well, um, uh, Miss Annie Tucker, if if you have a moment or if you have anything prepared, um, been meaning to hear from you for the circles for quite some time now and apologize for the delays on it. But if you would like to present anything on it today, what would really like to hear it. Thanks, that's really kind. Um, first, I just wanna say something that my friend Chautauqua Webb told me after someone really harshly treated her. She's an African-American woman just over in a local store, John's. And I said, how did you, how did you, how did you, how did you deal with it? And she's in seminary now. So she said some, there's a, there's a, what do you call it? A Bible verse that says, protect your heart. It is your wellspring. There's a lot of ways of saying it, but that's the one I liked best. So I just want to thank you guys for the degree that you're protecting your heart in this time, in this role. It's your wellspring. I just wanted to say that part. Um, about circles, I think we, I think we all know that one thing that can help people with trauma is to be heard. And the power of circles is that everybody gets a chance. Um, also, I want to say I was talking with Pastor Smith in the summer at Juneteenth, and he said, yeah, we're not doing circles. We're teaching people to do one-on-one -on -one listening. So I'm just telling you because you're thinking of processes and people who've been harmed, of whom there are a lot, right? And people might want both. Maybe they would want to start with feel more comfortable with a one-on-one -on -one and then feel more comfortable in a big group. Who knows? So I also, so I'm just, I, thank you, Mo. I wasn't like prepared, but I am responding. The other thing I want to say is I went to this restorative, just colorizing restorative justice and the powerful thing, it was a one day Zoom conference. The thing that kept being said is the importance of people of color or people in a particular community working with people in a particular community. And Wangui, you had mentioned that as well to me. And I think that's true. One of, Laura, I think knows this, Angie knows this, that what I wanna do is get some funding to get a variety of people I think Eric knows this, trained in doing circles. There can be so many purposes. What if you got to sit in a circle every week of your life? It'd be transforming, actually. But there's also using it for, for hearing trauma and hearing truths. 
Um, so anyway, that's what I'm working on is getting funding to do that and train a diverse team, group of people, pool of people who can do that in this community. And um, I'll keep you posted. Um, I talked to the person who's been training people I know, and she gave me names of three African-American men throughout the country who are doing circle training along with a social justice bent, which she herself has as well. So, so I don't, I don't have, uh, I would be glad to sit in circle with any of you. Oh, I do want to say the part about I'm a white woman. It really is. It came to white people on this continent from the, from the First Nations folks in the Yukon. They taught people in the judicial system and the correction systems about restorative justice, about their methods, circle, because their communities and their families were being destroyed by the white institutions coming and using their processes on the people in their community. So um, so one thing about the process I learned, it can't replicate First Nations or Native peoples work because in those circles, everybody had a life in common, right? Had, a, had, a, had all their values, had all their lives in common. The process that I would bring that I've learned and I'm still, still learning for sure is one where people create, there's a process for them creating their own values and agreements and, and learning about each other before they start any work. And that's because of the nature of the community that I live in, right? We're all from someplace else. We all are grounded in a different place anyway. So that is dealing with the, you know, appropriation issue. And if, if people would not want to work with me because of that, that's okay. And I just am a person who wants to make it possible for more people to feel confident in doing circles. So in process, I don't know if you have any particular questions, but that's where I am right now. And I appreciate you listening. Thank you. And um, thank you as well for coming up on the spot. And um, just want to say as well, um, I know Mr. Fruin, you are still here. Um, remember, there was something that I was given in terms of advice that if there's ever a situation where a commission is to request funding for something, that it makes it much easier for that item to get on a city council agenda. Um, sounds to me like there's a lot of processes for healing trauma that can be had, and there's people that are looking for funding for it. I've spoken to multiple people over the last week that are wanting to see more people be trained in something such as circles. So I'd like to ask the rest of my commissioners to consider um, asking the council to provide funding for this for, so more people can be trained in this. There was something that the council said as well last week that 
healing needs to be had first. So it sounds like this is a priority for them, for them too. So in a way to push them to actually stand by things that they've said, if it's healing they want, this should be a very easy decision in terms of funding. So again, this is up for discussion between all of us, but I think that it could be a very good use of money. Um, Can I say one more thing? Yeah. I did not, when I mentioned looking for money, I was not looking for it from the city council. Hmm. I've been thinking of other things. I did not come here at all with that in mind, just to make that clear. I'm just telling you what's percolating in my brain. And I'm not a... I'm, I'm picturing what I'm doing parallel and maybe concurrent, but not at all instead of what you guys would be doing or doing with your funding or funding that you would ask for. I just want to make that clear. Okay, thanks. Thanks for being so, <laughs> so listening. Thank you. Yeah, um, yeah thank you. Uh, I just want to say quickly, um, uh, no, you did, I know you did not come here looking for funding um, and as well, that in terms of it being our money or instead of our money, as far as I'm concerned, it, none of it's been spent. None of it is committed to us. We don't have any money. So it's however it gets used, as long as it gets used in some productive way, would like to see it. Um, I was wondering, um, just for just to ask a question, um, is, we, is it, you know, just how you talk with Andy, is there a way that I can ask, um, our, like our previous speaker, you know, a question or two? Is that allowable? You want to ask Annie a question? No, no, no. The previous speaker before her, like he asked her oh. questions. Is that allowable? Manuska, I would like to... <laughs> I would like to ask you a couple more questions. Ninosca, tenemos um, algunas preguntas para vos. Okay, okay, okay. Gracias. Uh, so, what my questions are, and I just want her to be able to just answer these questions since there's people in the room that should hear the answers to these questions. Um, I want to know can you tell us um, about the issues that you heard while you were going to knock on doors and the problems that people faced? Nos puedes contar sobre lo que experienciaste cuando ibas tocando puerta a puerta? Hemos tenido un trabajo muy arduo en todo lo que es Iowa City y los demás condados de esta región. Uh, we've had a very tough time uh, within the, commu the communities and the communities surrounding Iowa City. No es lo mismo que uno cuente las cosas a uno ver la realidad de lo que pasa atrás de las puertas de un hogar. It's not the same listening to the stories um, than hearing them from people who are leaving them behind closed doors. Sinceramente, yo admiro a personas 
de que han salido adelante con las peores historias que han vivido durante el coronavirus y que todavía es, están sufriendo las consecuencias del COVID. Sincerely, it's amazing how people are making it through this time with the with the virus. It's amazing how they're making it through. Esto no es de colores, señores. Esto es saber que hay personas que mientras tienen un cheque quincenal o mensual, así hay personas que no tuvieron un cheque en todo lo que fue la pandemia. This is not about color. This is about people who are suffering even with a paycheck and people who did not receive a paycheck. Es fácil venir y pararse al frente y empezar a juzgar a las personas porque piden una ayuda económica. It's easy to stand in front of somebody and judge them because they're asking for some financial help. Pero no creo que es fácil estar en los en los calzados de aquellas personas que han sufrido durante la pandemia. But I believe it's not easy standing in those people's shoes who have been struggling through the pandemic. Es triste ver que a veces entre nosotros mismos los humanos tenemos que hacer daño y no queremos apoyar a las personas. It's sad that us as human beings do not want to support each other. Nosotros tenemos una lucha, así como la coalición de trabajadores excluidos tiene una lucha muy fuerte en el estado de Iowa, así estamos apoyando aquí mi compañero de trabajo, su familia, que lo estimamos mucho. Just like we are with the coalition for the uh, excluded workers, we are here in support of our um, uh, co-worker, Eric has been um, volunteering, going door to door, as well as myself, I'm his wife. Uh, so he's, she says that they appreciate you a lot. Okay. No solo es Iowa, hemos ido a Washington, hemos ido a Moscatin, hemos ido a West Liberty, hemos ido a Columbus Johnson, y hay historias tras historias más tristes y frustrantes que tal vez ustedes no la pueden ver. Nosotros sí, porque ese es nuestro trabajo. We have been to Washington, Muscatine, Columbus Junction, Um, and we have heard stories that you will never get to hear, but we have because that's one of our jobs. Donde han habido madres solteras con hijos que han tenido que darle de comer poco a sus hijos porque no tienen despensa en su refrigerador. We've heard stories from single mothers who haven't been able to give their kids the appropriate meals because they don't have enough in their in their um pantries hey hey um just just because she's getting into my second question so I might as well get that out the way so then she could finish it yeah. what would you say if there were a full city council here and the full johnson county board of supervisors what would you tell them right now that they, that you think they need to hear si estuviera aquí todo el grupo del um de los del condado y los del calvito ¿Qué les dirías que tú crees que necesitan escuchar? Ellos creo que necesitan escuchar varias cosas que ellos no quieren ver. 
I think they need to hear a few things they don't want to see. Donde la gente clama una ayuda económica. Where people are asking for an economic relief. Donde tienen que apoyar a la gente de esta comunidad. Where they have to help people from this community. Porque cada uno de nosotros jugamos un rol importante en el estado de Iowa City. Because each one of us plays an important role in the community of Iowa City. Do you have another question? No, that's good. No, Um, uh, did, David, did you want to speak? I don't know. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, guys. Thank, thank you. you. Um, first and foremost, thank you to uh, to Noska for speaking, and thank you for the translation as well. Thank you, Eric, for the questions. Um, as far as I understand, from what's been going on right now, uh, there was some amount promised for excluded workers, but not nearly enough in terms of the amount that needs to go around. Yeah, is the, are we allowed to talk about this because the agenda item doesn't have any? Well, I think the agenda item allows for people to tell their truth. So if a committee okay. member has, you know, follow up or comments, I-, I That sounds I good. I just wanted to make sure-, sure I you're... appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, Mohammed. Oh, you're fine. Um, we first listened to, the, to this at a meeting back in May and then voted to support it. And since then, there have been multiple events where the Excluded Workers Coalition has shown up to council meetings, to Johns County Board of Supervisor meetings, all these listening sessions and asking over and over and over and over again for economic relief. It's now September 30th. There's been little bumps in emergency funds, but that again is still not enough. And this is going to keep going on until real decisions are made and people actually get the economic relief that they deserve. We have people still working in dangerous conditions that have not received hazard pay. And that to me is an absolute joke. You cannot say that people should be working as frontline workers during a pandemic and not pay them hazard pay. That is completely wrong. It is, as some would say, morally bankrupt. These decisions need to be made sooner rather than later. I know everyone wants to talk about process this, process that. Again, we first heard this in May. It is September 30th. Please fund excluded workers. Please, please give people their hazard pay. Thank you. Um, just one other comment and just what I got to say, man. If you feel like it's directed towards you, then that's the way you can feel about it. Um, it's kind of it's like deja vu. It's kind of like how the TRC process has been going. Delays, stalling, delays, more stalling. And let's talk about the ridiculous numbers that were put up. How much money 
is the TRC budget, $1 million. When the city manager gave his presentation, he said for the hundreds of people who are frontline workers and who are out here struggling, out of all the millions of dollars that you got from the ARP funds, you would give one to one and a half million dollars, which is almost equivalent to a TRC nine-person commission to help hundreds of people. I'm sorry that I'm in a conversational mode today, but patience is running out. This is the same way that you guys have treated the TRC. Delays, stalling, and it's not every council member. We know who it is. We know who it's not. We know the people that want to help us and want to help the School to Workers Fund. We've got, some of those people are not even on the council yet. That doesn't make sense. The people who are, you may call it posturing for election, but they really came out publicly and supported it. What's the holdup? Because, you know, you can make about a process, but this is the same way you have done the TRC. What, are you going to find a way to help these guys when we're already going through we don't know what the Delta variant is doing. We don't know what this fall and winter is going to bring us. Are we going to wait till it's terrible again? Go ask somebody at the university hospital about how their bed capacity is. Go read about the numbers that are going up again. So are we going to wait till we get to another pandemic to help people? You guys can't be serious. One to one and a half million dollars is almost a little bit more than the equivalent of the TRC budget, which has not been passed or released for use. What do you think gonna happen to those poor people? And not just people that we visited Forest View. That place is in despair. Someone, maybe it's a contractor or somebody who can't, they should be ashamed of themselves. They're not gonna make it through the winter. They're not gonna make it through the winter though. And it's too late to try to figure it out now, but they're not gonna, they're gonna have, have a really, really tough winter, especially if we had another winter where we had those vortexes and things like that. They're not gonna make it through that. I went out there personally and saw that place and knocked on doors and talked to those people. We gotta have something, some type of somebody. Let's just sit down, let's talk it out. We don't need no stipend no more. I mean, it's always viable that we always felt like that way, but we're gonna take the vice of your of the mayor. If you want to get paid, go find you a job that gets that paid you. That's what we're going to do. And we're going to move forward and continue to move forward. And with that, I yield. The only comment I have remaining in terms of uh, fact-finding and truth-telling is, again, so we really need to prioritize this in that factor of going to more community groups, bringing them in, maybe keeping the agenda item like this in the meantime till a concrete process can be figured out. But as Kebo said, we do have people willing to help so I would like to accept that help and ask them to give us some more guidance. We can kind of build this out a little more. And that way, no matter what happens with this, we at least have that advice, some kind of structure. And whether it's with the city or apart from it, 
can find a way to continue. And also when it comes to the next meeting, I think that meeting just needs to be full planning session, like in itself of just what exactly we're looking to do for um, one, I want, so I've been talking to this guy. Um, I don't know if he wants me to give his name just yet, but have asked him to come and give us a presentation. I've uh, been meeting with him essentially every week now for a good five or six weeks. So he's worked in strategic planning. He's um, degree in like urban and regional planning, known him for quite some time now, immigrant as well. He's more than willing to help us right here in local. And that's another person that I would like to have with us in that meeting to really help us um, bring out some kind of process. And just the one thing I wanna be clear on for Eduardo Gonzalez, I don't know if he will be available next week, but before we do continue further with that, is there anything against us talking to him at this point or because that agreement was struck down, are those lines of communication now fully open? I think between Eduardo, you would be okay because this is kind of a, a separate entity that he's representing. Not a, he's not representing Kearns and West anymore. Okay, good. Um, then whoever it is, it feels like they have the best relationship with him. Um, if you want to kind of just like work that out in some way, if he kind of, if he is available in this next week, I can, I can shoot him an email tomorrow too. Oh, uh, oh. So. Thank you. I see Commissioner Daniel's hand was yeah, up. Yeah. I about that. Too. Commissioner Daniel. I lowered my hand. I'll, I'll ask this. Yeah. It's, I'll ask it um, after the meeting uh, with Commissioner Trey or the, uh, with Chair Trey uh, Just some, yeah. Okay. All right. Um, on the subject of um, just fact finding and truth telling, I just want to reiterate: um, we have people who are already doing that work. We have people who are meeting community members who have been systematically oppressed and left by the wayside in this community. I don't think that we need to invent very much. I think that we, as a commission, can go up to the workers who are already doing this and say, "How can we help? How can we document the truth you're already gathering?" How can we gather that so that it's represented and that so that people can hear it and know it, right? Um, we represent um, Great Plains Action Society, NISA Family Services. Like again, like you guys, we're we're already interfacing with these communities. Why not ask them to help? Like to just imagine how they would like to see the work with the communities that they work with, and us, us say, okay, we want to just partner with you in the work that you're already doing. Um, so, I mean, that's the vision that I'm selling, right? Like, I, I think that we really need to decentralize some of this work and say, um, we're going to be partners with the community um, and, you know, leaders if we need to be, but um, there are so many that we can be inspired by and led by as well. I want to respond to what Commissioner Rivera has said, that already some of their, their, a lot of things, a lot of bodies that have been created in, on, on the truths on racism, 
uh, if I'm allowed, can I still respond to what Anitaka was talking about when she talked about restorative circles? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in my life in Iowa City, I'm aware that circles have been run twice. And the Annie remind me if I'm wrong, but I think the last circles you ran were on racism. I'm thinking the last ones you ran at the Robert Lee Rec Center, they were on racism. And even the earlier ones, uh, they were also on racism. And they do lend themselves, not just so. So that's something that if we can look into, it's also something that we can use because it brings all the different members of the communities into the circle to tell their truth. And at the same time, the telling is also healing. So, oh, that is something we can bring on the agenda, use that because it's already been used in the, in the community. Then I'll respond to Commissioner Rivera's, he mentioned NISA, African Family Services. In Iowa City, I coordinate that and it was actually a creation uh, which was created and it's part of our funding is from the state and it and the rest of it is is from uh VAWA, violence against women's act because the state was convinced as far as survivors and victims of domestic violence who identify as african immigrants or refugees they suffer equity when they are served by the dominant program of the intervenes as far as services for being yeah so to restore that and to level the ground for african immigrants and refugees they get served by nisa even from the very name Nisa means women in Arabic. So we serve people in a culturally specific way, proficient way, and in their own languages. So yes, Commissioner Rivera, we do have a lot of bodies and organizations that already have a lot of evidence. A lot of you have heard me speak in the community of even as we serve, even me as the coordinator in Iowa City, myself as I advocate for somebody who's only speaking Gikoyo, Kiswahili, or my coworker who speaks Arabic, or our youth interns who speak Luganda, as we serve in the community, even for us, we suffer. And Commissioner Rivera, you've actually triggered me because you've reminded me I sat in the office just before COVID hit as I went to speak on the Women's International Day to give a key address. We shared the platform with members of our police department. Just before that, we had been planning a meeting 
because I am a trusted member of the African community. I am a matriarch in the communities of the, they trust me. So we sat with members of the police department, two of them in the NISA office above DOT in Iowa City on the Eastdale Plaza. And we were planning, because I am trusted, to call a meeting of the African communities. And if I call them right now, we won't even be able to contain them here. Right now, if I just send a text, because I am that trusted, which I say very humbly, they will come. So as we were planning, and we continued planning, only to learn later from the newspapers, one of those officers, and this is something in the public arena, that they were part of having somebody arrested because of something they hadn't done, somebody whose skin color looks like mine. And this is an officer I had already taken in, I was going, yeah. And the consequences, and as I continued working with the other officers, they were not telling me. And this is work. It's not even friends. It's not even that. So even as we continue working on inequity, it continues happening. Yes, a long story short, I'm a woman of a lot of words. The organizations are there. And we can tell truth, like the one I've already started and which is already on public record in our law enforcement and our court systems, that even as we advocate and we research on these things and we teach on these things, even those of us who are at the forefront of doing that, because I do research on racism, having come from a mother who was part of the Kenyan colonization in Africa and then learned the history of slavery and ended up in Iowa City joining with the peace of my ancestors who were enslaved. And even as I work on that and as I'm leading others and standing up for them and speaking up for them, I also suffer as I am part of that. So there are organizations in the community who we can, who have already collected the information and who can continue doing that, making it easier for us, for them to come in as a group and tell their truth. Thank you. Um. Does anyone want to make any final comments before we move on to the next agenda item? Um, not necessarily related to that. I, I just um, had one more thought uh, pertaining to agenda item um, number six. Do we want to um, make a motion to request, like to? recommend to city council that we they extend the timeline of the truth and reconciliation commission just just so we can do it they wouldn't talk about it next week that's fine yeah, but yeah. Just the sooner we get it in then the, yeah the, we don't know what to do is is that a, is that i can put it on the agenda okay perfect so yeah I'll make a motion um that we recommend city council extend um the life of 
our commission to the end of like December, 2022? I think we should discuss it next week and then, yeah, I think we should discuss it next week and then vote on it that way. Is that okay, Steph? So that we don't go backwards or is there logistically? I mean, if you wanna make a motion um, on a, on making a um, and requesting an extension from council. I mean, I think you can do that, but if you want a week to kind of think about it um, and you know, it's possible that you might make the, the, the uh, request a little, there, there might be things you may add in a week that, you know, may not be on the radar tonight. So, so that we know, yeah, the timeline, is that okay? Yeah, if we I, do yeah, that again, I won't be here next week, but I just wanted to put it up. Um, okay. Just so we're not pushing that off too long, but I'm, I'm happy with that solution. Yeah. 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 And, um, well, I'll correspond with these stuff for the, um, agenda next week so that we can make sure that that's on there as one of the items. Um, thank you. Ask a quick question. Yeah, of course. It's for you, Stephanie. I just um, want to understand how does it work for us to even get on the agenda for city council? Is it just us making a recommendation or like you, you would you need to make a recommendation um, to the city council and then it's it's more their prerogative at that point. And they can say no. They could take no action on it. Yeah. Take no action on it. If we wanted to go to a city council meeting, is there a time for public comment? And we can yes, yes. at the beginning of the meetings, they have a comment okay. for items not on the agenda. It's only three minutes, so okay. I just wanted to so. clarify that. Thank you. No problem. Um, all right. Um, if nobody else has any last minute comments on agenda number seven. Um, if you do reach out to anyone in the meantime or any time going forward, just do remember if there's a chance that they may be antsy about uh, being public about anything, uh, first to go with the phone call rather than email, because just remember email is all archived. So just to respect their privacy until they are ready to actually come forward. Um, okay. I only have one more thing, uh, Commissioner Johnson. I just wanted to reach out to our older community before we even have our conversation next week. Uh, I hope that we can find peace and work together. Uh, there's uh, no reason why we shouldn't. Change is always scary, and it, it, it is the only way we have gotten to the point where we've gotten to now. So I would hope that our older community, if uh, we could all get together and work in a positive light and moving forward with things rather than restarting anything at all, it, it would be... It would be great. So yeah. I, I'd hope that uh, we get some conversations started up and uh, really work that in next week. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. Um, I, um, can we can we move on to agenda item number eight for commissioner announcements? Is that all right? Yeah. I'm, okay. Uh, Perfect. Uh, so agenda item number eight: announcements from commissioners. Um, I'd just like to request anyone who's in the room and anyone who's joining us on Zoom. Well, first of all, thank you. Really, really appreciate you joining us. It's, it's very exciting to have folks listening in. It's been a while since we've had a crowd like this. Um, if you believe in the work of this commission, um, I don't know what skills you have or what you might want to bring to the table, but um, please let us know how you'd like to help. Um, spam our 
email address and, and we'd love to sort of speak with you um, uh, because we want you to be involved in the process. Um, I also want to say that um, this commission says still have a lot of work to do in terms of reforming our image, right? Yeah. I think there's a lot of reasons for folks in the community to not trust us, to view us as troublemakers um, and oppositional. Um, and we know that's not true, right? Um, so um, yeah, if anyone in the community wants to go up to bat for us, um, we'd love to um, work with you. Um, or hear your recommendations about how um, we can reconcile ourselves ourselves to the community, um, because I think that's going to be a really, really important part of um, our next steps. Thank you. This is Commissioner Dillard, and I also wanted to thank the community for being here. Um, and also, I would like to just add another um, request that you bring um, or you, you tell your friends, your families, everyone in the community about us, as I'm not supposed to respond to anyone else. <laughs> uh, but as I was thinking um, that to help build our image, um, if, we, if you can help us out by letting everyone know. Um, about our meetings and that we do really want to hear from the community. That's what we're here for. So thank you again for being here. Um, I just want to add that um, if, you know, I want to thank some people too as well. Um, if I say something that, you know, that turns out to be different, I got to acknowledge that. So I do want to thank the two council members and the city manager for actually coming and listening and taking in what we got going on and what kind of you know, like challenges that we face. So just showing up means a whole lot. Regardless if we don't agree on everything, just showing up means a lot because that will, that's what we've been asking for. You know, just some input and some help, you know, from the city council. So I do appreciate that. Commissioner Daniel. You're muted. Um, yep. Oh. yep. I just wanted to let the community know that uh, Iowa Legal Aid and the city of Iowa City is holding an expungement and employment barriers clinic. Generally, what they do at these clinics is help people expunge their criminal records in the state of Iowa, as well as talk to them and counsel them about court debt and um, the stuff that they can have uh, kind of wiped out by bankruptcy. Um, you don't have to go to the clinic to, to get in, like cases, like to get uh, cases expunged. You can do this on your own or you could call Iowa Legal Aid, but the city is offering a clinic on Thursday, October 7th from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. You are not expected to be to stay there the whole time. Um, and if you are interested, you could reach out to Iowa Legal Aid or you can reach out to the city. Uh, thank you. And I yield. I have one question. I have one little small question, just an informational question. Um, is there a link that you have to go to to like pre-register for that? I'll send it to you this okay, evening. Okay, thank you. Yep. And where is the location? It's at the, um, it is at the library. At the library. Yes. Perfect. Yep. And um, do you, I could, yeah, she, um, Stephanie's gonna yeah, yeah, send the link. Um, and then prior registration is required by tomorrow. Um, so yeah. if you are at all interested, please give us a call. But like I said, you do not, you could give Iowa Legal Aid a call. You could reach out to the TRC. You could reach out 
um, to the city. But like I said, uh, the expungement is not the be all end all of getting cases expunged. You could reach out to Iowa Legal Aid outside of the clinic, or you can um, attend Iowa Legal Aid's clinic later this month. Um, and with that, I yield. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Sakawas. Good evening. Um, I just would like to let everybody know that um, today uh, is um, Orange Shirt Day. September 30th is Orange Shirt Day, um, uh, which is also known as National Day for Truth or Reconciliation. And though this is a, a, a day of uh, recognition uh, in Canada. It's something that's actually being really recognized here in the US now. Um, and that's because of the thousands of uh, children uh, that have been uh, discovered in unmarked mass graves uh, across Canada and now here in the US. Um, and so I just want to uh, tell people if, if you all see like pictures on social media or people wearing orange shirts today um, in your community, it's for this reason. And um, there were three uh, uh, boarding schools here in Iowa. so. Um, it's not like this is, uh, it's not like this doesn't affect us. And um, I just uh, want to make sure that people are aware of this very important day uh, because I don't know if um, there's anything more horrific uh, in the U.S. and in, in Canadian history than um, the rape, torture and murder of, of innocent children from um, the ages of being a newborn to um, all ages. So it's a very I, you know, I, it just, it really boggles my mind that um, nobody really knows about this and nobody really cares. So I just want to get that out there to the community. Thank you. Thank you, Sakawas. I have three announcements. I'm going to make them try and be brave. One is again to say thank you to members of the public who are here both virtually and physically and even members of our city council. Thank you very much. I feel warm when I see support for this work and for our beloved city, and especially because we know the how central ratio injustice is in in our, in our country and in our city. Thank you very much. It's emotive and it's controversial and it takes a lot of strength even to actually stand up and be part of that. I really appreciate that. Thank you. The other thing I want to announce, tomorrow we start October, Domestic Violence Awareness Month on October 29th, uh, NISA, we have uh, an event. It will be a Zoom discussion and it's being led by our youth intern. One of them just graduated from the University of Iowa. The other one just got in and she was our youth intern in Des Moines, but now she's here. So they're female youth, so they're the ones who are leading and we target our African youth in the community and in our colleges in Kakwood and the U of I through the African Student Association and through Kakwood. 
So they're the ones who are leading because we are targeting the youth on domestic violence because they are our future. And then the discussion, we also gear it towards more African male youth because docu documentation on domestic violence and sexual violence is not just in our country, in the US, but also in the world show that the perpetrators of sexual violences and uh, may, uh, the statistics are higher on, on male. So for this particular one, we are, it's based on discussing three questions, making people aware, and then the resources that we have and cultural specific con confidential resources that we have. The other announcement I have, I learned that we have a delegation from Kenya that has come to visit our city. For me, that is huge. Uh, we have a delegation from the government, the Judicial Service Commission that manages the judiciary in my country. They have, they have come in to visit our city through the, the our college of our law college at the University of Iowa, the business college and the international office, of course. And the and mainly because the vice chancellor of one of our universities in Kenya, where I am an alumni, she is an alumni of Iowa State. I don't wanna go, I don't wanna say go cyclones, no, but she's a cyclone, but her daughter <laughs> just graduated from the UI Gohawks. So she has learned a lot and she has modeled my, my alma mater. You would think you are a cyclone when you go to, <laughs> to Nairobi, to Kenyatta University. So she's the one who has led that, who is a, through, she is part of that delegation. And they're here and I'm excited. We are not on the, the Kenyans, we are not on the, the Kenyan community and African communities. We are not on the official program, but uh, we, uh, we are part of the unofficial program. So I'm excited to say that if you, if you see some Kenyan delegation and Kenyan flags around our city, we do have a government team. And by the way, as a commission, they get paid salaries because we were colonized by the British. So a lot of practice, including most of our judiciary, and we just got our own constitution in 2010 even if we got independence in 1963. So even the paying of commissions is Eurocentric. Thank you. I yield. Stephanie. I don't have anything. <laughs> I just wanted to uh, introduce myself. Uh, I'm the uh, new uh, deputy city manager for the city of Iowa City. And uh, I come to you uh, with some experience in uh, human rights. I've been the chairman of the uh, human, Iowa Human Rights uh, Board and the Status of African-American Commission. 
and uh, also had the opportunity to serve as the affirmative action officer for the city of Davenport. In addition to um, having the opportunity to serve as city manager and city administrator in other communities. So uh, I say all that to say that uh, the issues that you're working through, I appreciate them. I shared with uh, uh, Muhammad after the meeting last Tuesday, which was difficult for him, but um, although it's frustrating what you're going through right now, the work that you're doing is important. And um, there are definitely people that appreciate the work that you're doing. I appreciate the work you're doing. And I think ultimately uh, the universe does bend towards justice and the work you're doing will show up for that. So I just wanted to, to thank you and uh, just introduce myself to you and um, let's have some dinner because I haven't had yet. <laughs> <laughs> Redmond Jones, by the way, Redmond Jones. Redmond Jones. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Um, motion to adjourn. Cool. We're good. Sweet. <laughs>